Welcome to the people of Portland and beyond, episode 55. I'm going to go ahead and call this the first episode of season two. Fred being the first guest to officially return to the show. He was previously on episode 22, so it's pretty cool that actually he's on episode 55 too. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So Fred, you mentioned on the first show that you were looking for musicians on Craigslist. Have you succeeded in your search since you were last on the show on episode 22? I did have some success reaching out to a few people, but the majority of them just didn't work out due to a myriad of reasons. Most of them personal, you know, between the people. So I did have a few people try out, but in the end, it didn't really work out. So that's a yes and no question. Yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. You also mentioned on the last show that you like serving people, you like serving in the military. So how do you feel that you serve Portland? In many ways, I make the world look better through my art and, you know, through my, um, you know, merchandise and products that I create that are pretty and beautiful, you know. Yeah. Um, I also make the world sound better through my music and I don't make any music with hate or bad lyrics or anything like that. You know, I, I yeah. create family-friendly music, radio-ready music. Yeah. And then I also make the world taste better through my spices. Um, and then my new project right now is um, being an advocate for the deaf in the local community. And, you know, letting people know, be aware that there are deaf people out there and they're just like you and me. They're just not able to hear, but that doesn't mean they can't do a job. They can't be hired or, you know, be paid the same as yeah. a normal person. In fact, I think they're better employees because they're not, uh, you know, distracted by noises, mm-hmm. for example. Anyway, that's yeah. just one thing. Yeah. Uh, going back to when you were on an Army interrogator, how do you feel that being an Army interrogator has helped you in your normal life? Have you ever used it in your real life? And uh, what are some ways that you, that you use this skill in like everyday life? Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, one of the ways is um, being able to read people's body language um, and understanding and listening to what they're saying and how they're saying it. Yeah what we call the paralinguistics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a myriad of things. Yeah, you know, I take a whole bunch of different, you know, signals that I'm getting from the individual and then my mind just kind of analyzes that just like a computer would and then I can determine or whatever if someone is bullshitting me or yeah. not. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Did they ever have you use the lie detector when you were Ye- there? Yes. Oh, yeah, I've been hooked up to a lie detector. I've hooked up probably thousands of people to a lie detector uh, mm-hmm. in my in my uh, short time as, you know, military intelligence, you know, yeah. human intelligence collector. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So you were able to get past the lie detector, no problem? Or? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I personally passed, yes, I'm not a bad guy, yes, absolutely. Um, but How do you do through it? my line of work, you know, being hooked up, hooking other people up to a machine, a lot of people are actually more not honest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How do you get past the lie detector? Well, they actually say that there's really no... Oh, okay. Well, in theory, there's no real way to pass a lie detector. You beat the operator of the polygraph machine. But in theory... uh, You know what? Actually, I probably shouldn't be telling you this. So, no. Let me (laughs) just leave it at that. No. 
So that you cannot pass a polygraph test, what you do is you beat the operator, not the machine. You cannot beat the machine. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. But there's other stuff out there that I can't say a comment. I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah it's a, it's a really good thing. Yes and no. That's a yes and no answer. Yes, you can, but no, you can't. And I can't say anything because there's more to it than that, and I don't want to give out trade, when you were, trade secrets of the military. So you were administering tests? Like you were the person giving people lie detector tests? Yep, and I was also a trainer, too. For a very short time. Nice. Yeah. But I was also a student, too. So I was learning as I was doing it. But yeah. yeah, I was one of the few people that was actually doing it, you know, in Afghanistan during yeah. Operation and during Freedom 16 and 17. Okay. So I think, I don't know, um, 2011, 2012, I believe. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Nice. And how many people failed and how many people passed? Like, was there a percentage... Yeah, I, I would think so. I think the majority of them, the majority of the people are very nice. They want to do what's best for their family. They yeah. just want to support their family and, and make some money and, you know, help America. Yeah. So uh, how many of them failed? I would say the majority of them passed. Okay. The majority passed. Just a, There's just a few bad apples, you know, and when that they, spoil it for everyone. Those people failed. Did they say, like, oh, I'm innocent, That's the, the test is wrong? Did they say... Uh, well, honestly, we wouldn't tell them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we would tell them, but not in the way that you and I would do it in the in yeah. America. It would be done a little bit differently and subtly. And, and um, actually, no, most of them, they may or may not even know if they passed. Mm. But the ones that did pass, no, they, they would easily lie to you and tell you whatever you want to hear. So, no, actually, I was surprised by some of the tests when they came back. Okay. Some of the people seem genuine, and then when you actually <laughs> saw the test results, like, Interesting. came back, you know. Some people are just nervous. Red, and in our line of work, red means, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you used to work out at home. Now, yeah, you were saying it was better than going to the gym, which I agree with. So what kind of workouts have you been doing at home? What's your regimen right now? Uh, definitely working out at home, I feel, is a great way to get your exercise you know without driving and without paying a membership you just you know start off with your stretching yeah. or your warm-up or stretching and warm-up and then you know you do your uh strength training exercises generally you know compound exercises are better yeah uh you know the more muscle groups you use simultaneously at the same time and in engaging your core mm -hmm. is always beneficial yeah Absolutely, yeah, I still do that. So, yeah. which ones are you doing, like specifically crunches? Or you oh, doing, a lot of push-ups, a lot of push-ups, a lot of sit-ups. Um, I do a lot of hiking, so walking and hiking. Where are you hiking? Uh, Powell Butte. Oh, I was there. It's a great place. Yep, yep. That's I'm literally I live right nearby that, and I'm at the bottom of the hill, nice. and so I just hike up and down. Before I know it, by the time I'm done, I've done six miles, and I feel great. And sometimes you get to see horses out there you get to nice. see you know scenery animal wildlife sweet yeah. yeah oh on a great day you can see the mountains both mountains mount hood yeah mount hood mount st helens yep nice yep um i was gonna ask you but yeah i still do the workout i still try to eat healthy yeah you know that's why i created that spice company that has no salt no sugar and hopefully yeah. soon um, how old were you when you started that what's that how old were you when you started that spice company it was just after I got back from Afghanistan, so okay. 2013, 2014, so how many years is that? 
You were six, in, seven years now. Inspired yeah. when you were in Afghanistan to do it? Yeah, yeah. The whole top secret thing is has has been inspired by my job. Not everybody agreed with my use of the top secret you know, <laughs> stamp That's cool. on my food. And I understand that. And I apologize to those who are offended that think that somehow by putting this on there, it's now classified. But it's not. It's just classified recipe that makes your food taste good and is healthy for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a play on my military career. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. Hey, when you spent 13 months in Afghanistan, what was the most memorable event you experienced? Lots of memorable events. I think the most memorable to me would be stepping foot in a part of the world that no other American or civilized nation had set foot in in a while. Mm. Yeah. So, I, you know, um, obviously meeting the people, seeing the people, but really working with the special forces Yeah. and then working in an austere environment in a part of the world that not many of us have, you know, been able to visit. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Honestly, working with the special forces in Afghanistan would be my biggest highlight and being able to do my job that I was trained for. Yeah. Nice. So a lot of, you know, things happened during that time. Yeah. But my biggest thing is just literally knocking on the door in the middle of the night yeah. on a Navy SEAL special forces, top secret classified base. And then saying, hi, I'm here to, you know, help you guys out. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, waking up the next morning and it's a beautiful day. And I walk out of my tent, you know, and I got my, you know, my civilian, you know, uh, Afghanistan wear. And then I look out and all these Navy SEAL guys are just wearing these little tiny, short green Ranger panties. Yeah. And they're all just like, it's like walking on a set of 300, obviously way more in shape than mm. I was. Um, <laughs> so that would be the highlight, honestly, dude. Just, nice. yeah. And then not getting killed, you know, in the process. Yeah. Because normally when you walk up to a, you know, special forces base unannounced, you know, they don't Did really take, they don't take kindly to strangers. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any friends that got killed or anything when you were out there? Yeah, we had a few. We had a few. I didn't know every one of them personally. I just knew of them by name. Yeah. Yes. Um, I wasn't prepared for this question. Um, yeah, there was definitely a um, a Navy SEAL that got killed in Balamurgab. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I want to say his name was William. Yeah. We called him Bill. Um, and then there was a whole team of Marine Special Operations guys yeah. that just arrived in country, came back from a mission... This was in Herat, Afghanistan. I know it was, um, one of them was named uh, Schwimmer. The last name, another na- uh, last name was Dolphin. Okay. These guys were way better veterans than anybody. And um, yeah, yeah, they ended up getting killed in their sleep um, due to a, an electrical fire that broke out wow. in their little camp. And then they died. Uh, it wasn't even, you know, it was kind of silly. They shouldn't probably have died, but, 
Yeah, so I did know, and we tried to, you know, save them, but there was nothing you can do in a raging inferno. Yeah, that's with, true. Yeah, with rounds popping off and things going, it was a bad, bad day. So, yeah, um, and there's more, you know, uh, yeah, there's more, but that's just who was personally in my area that I was aware of, yeah. Were you good, really good friends with them, or, or you just heard about it? Uh, Bill. Yeah. The, oh gosh, I can't remember his last name. But, um, yeah, Bill, I did know. He, he, he was one of the Navy SEALs that, yeah. you know, greeted me and was really nice to me uh-huh. uh, when I went to the Balamargab, you know, base. Mm. I want to say it was Fob Todd. I can't remember, but, yeah, that was the name of the base. But um, and Who has to, like, write home when that happens? The, like, uh, the captain or... Well, no, they had a mission to do, yeah. and they knew the dangers, and um, unfortunately, he just wasn't, you know, quite fast enough to get over the wall. I mean, mm-hmm. no one really knew that that was going to happen, but that's yeah. the way it was, and, you know, but he was well taken care of uh, in the, you know, during that time, and the His doc there. got compensation yeah. and all that. Well, no, he didn't survive. Oh, yeah. yeah, so the he didn't survive, gets... but the doc there took care of him and, and made sure that he was, yeah. you know, yeah, he was well taken care of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you mentioned you were in Germany on the last podcast, actually, yeah. and did you ever meet anybody there that thought Hitler was a good person? Because I've actually talked to people that say that they meet people in certain areas of Germany and they ignore the fact that all this stuff happened and they, they think it's all propaganda. Now, have you ever met anyone like that when you were there? Yes. Yeah. But most of them were civilians, none of them in the military. Okay. If they were in the military, they were just talking out of their asses but the real true diehard nazis were in germany they were there they were out there in your face um but i did not know any of them personally but yes there are quite a few active groups in germany you know around the frankfurt area yeah that's all i can speak of yeah so yeah there were but i don't know any of them personally but yeah you're right there are a lot of them that they believe in you know in in that thing and, and that's okay it's nationalism and yeah. and fascism so if you're into that that's great you know i believe in america you have a right to believe whatever you want to believe but you just don't do acts of violence yeah yeah did you ever see anybody driving down this what is the highway called the autobahn or something that like super fast oh the autobahn yeah yeah the autobahn how fast did you drive uh for me as fast as my vehicle went so at the time was an audi yeah I believe it was an A6. I mean, dude, it was in excess of 120-something kilometers. Yeah, more than 100 miles an hour. Nice. Oh, yeah, easily, as far, as if I remember correctly, yeah. Did you see any accidents? Or is it actually safer? No, I saw I saw a few accidents, but yeah, mostly... Um, Does it-, it mostly involved the 18-wheelers. Yeah, but um, my dad was also in Germany. He witnessed an accident on a bridge, and he said that uh, the guy was driving so fast, he hit one of those metal... Uh, support beams, the car obliterated, and his yeah. brain was just on the fucking mm-hmm. autobahn. Yeah, but no, I never went to witness it personally. No, is actually, it, I think it's the autobahn safe. Is it just the autobahn that has the speed limit unlimited? Or is it- no, it's mostly uh, mostly around the world. But there are some designated signs. But no, I think for the most part, as long as you're not in like a neighborhood that you can't drive, not in the city and not in the <laughs> neighborhoods. Correct. Okay. Yeah, as long as you're out in the uh, outskirts of town. Yeah, for the most part, it's. Yeah. Do people drive motorcycles as fast as they want on the autobahn? 
Yes, they do. Yeah, but you don't really see them too much. You might uh, around the big cities, but Definitely if you're traveling not. from big city to big city, not too much. Everybody drives car. No one's crazy enough to do a bicycle over there, I would say. I would be, yeah. <laughs> Some of them, yeah. But yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't see too many. Yeah back then mm-hmm. but i would definitely yeah dude i love motorcycles man i'm actually waiting on my my new kawasaki to arrive here uh any day now <laughs> that yeah. i pre-ordered yeah i did see that on instagram <laughs> kawasaki been giving me a hard time on that and not being honest about when my my bike was gonna come in that i ordered last year but now back. it's finally it's arrived it's not put together it's still in a crate you're gonna it's in put a warehouse it <laughs> so i haven't really officially do you work on cars taking keys i do work on cars yeah i enjoy working on cars i love working on everything i work on cars first it was my dad that's what i assume yeah on a on a chevy silverado 1990 early 90s silverado 1500 truck and then from there it just branched out to racing cars and rotary engines and then when i joined the army i went to diesel and then pretty much anything and now i'm into uh you know high tech stuff like you know nuclear and uh ion powered engines for space you know so yeah yeah, i love all kinds of technology and engineering i'm not an engineer but i do play one on tv (laughs) (laughs) very cool well i am going to start our first segment and this is a segment it's like a game show type thing oh my goodness and what it is bringing something on me huh is there's going to be four (laughs) Portland laws and one of those laws is going to be fake three of them are going to be real now you're going to tell me which law is the fake one. Oh my gosh okay I'm going to try my best I I really don't like laws right. I mean <laughs> I mean except the bad ones I, murdering and all that yeah I'm okay for but right, <laughs> if it's traffic stuff man I don't know <laughs> All right, I'm doing a music reading. Bike lanes and bus lanes and train lanes always confuse me. All right, we're going to start the uh, questioning right now. So, First one. Please forgive me for my ignorance, folks. Because <laughs> I'm from Texas. I don't know Oregon or Portland laws. I'm, I'm, I'm right. bad. I'm sorry. No problem. That's, then that'll be funny then. All right. <laughs> In Portland, a person is in violation of city code for laying, standing, sitting, or climbing on any fixtures located inside a public restroom that are not intended for that purpose. Oh, my God. It's also unlawful for two or more people to occupy a public restroom designed for one person, unless the person is helping a child, elderly person, or disabled individual. Wow. You know what public restrooms are designed for, so <laughs> use them for their rightful purpose. <laughs> Second one, highways are not for human waste. A person can get knocked with a misdemeanor for improperly disposing of <laughs> human waste. Yeah. By operating a motor vehicle and throwing waste out the window or leaving it on the roadside. So if you're desperate for a bathroom, don't turn the highway into one. Ah. Oh. Right. So that's two so far. Yeah. Um. Here, let's go with another one. Keep the kids in the car. Yeah, you definitely don't want to throw your waste out. That's kind of yucky. That's a biohazard thing. But, you know, the two people in a bathroom, you know, I mean, as long as everyone's consensual and there's nothing illegal going on in there, I think it's okay. But, you know, yeah, especially if you got a special needs child, it may take more than one person to help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So now for number three. Oh, no. 
carrying a miner on the hood fender, running board, open truck bed, or any other external part of a motor vehicle on a highway is a Class B traffic violation. Yeah. A few exceptions to the rule. Parades for employment or hunting trip. If a miner is in a truck bed and secured with a seatbelt or if... All other available seatbelts are in use. It's logical, but really, keep the kids' bubble gum and in the car. And the fourth and final one is you are not allowed to wear roller skates in public bathrooms in any Portland facili- restroom facilities or shower facilities. So out of all those four, tell me which one is the fake one. If you want to repeat them, let me know. No, I don't need you to repeat them, but I'm just like, the one I'm saying is the last one got to be bullshit. I'm sorry if I can say bullshit, but, you know, that would be the fake one. But at the same time, dude, Portland is just that crazy enough to have a law like that. So I'm going to say D is the fake one. All the other ones sound plausible. Okay. But yeah, you're right. Actually, you got. I right. was right. Oh God, thank I God. Because I was like, you know what? Because the other just, ones it have was going to be wrong, and it was like, oh, Portland failed. The me other again. ones have longer descriptions, so <laughs> I think that gives it away. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Portland would be crazy enough to pass a roller skating law. No roller skating in bathrooms, folks, so you yeah. don't hurt yourselves. <laughs> I can just hear people now talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. I have kids. I wouldn't want them rolling in the bathroom because that would be nasty. Yeah, that's true. But. Kids, no roller skating in bathrooms. Exactly. Not a law, just good advice. Yeah. <laughs> and I have another question. Um, oh. So, as far as, do you have any stories about where a woman, or a woman or women, did something that was crazy to you, in any way? Oh man, I have a lot of crazy <laughs> women stories, but yeah. uh, in that regards. You know, men are crazy too, so yeah. I don't want to put. Do you have any stories of men that were crazy? Do I think just humans in general are crazy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I've had some women do lots of crazy things, like literally get me arrested. Uh, really? Um, post things on the internet that were not true, or they were true, but. It was one sided. It's like, yeah, that was true, but yet there was still another side, side that actually kind of counteracted that. Yeah. So it's like it should have been a, an issue, but someone still blasted it on there. So yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I love women. I'm a big fan of women. And they're the greatest. <laughs> huh? They're the greatest, aren't they? They are the greatest. Yeah, yeah. And I can even, uh, you know, acknowledge beauty in transgenders, you yeah. know, who are, you know, I had a trans model on the show. What's that? I don't know if you can recognize that. I did have a trans model on the show. I think I might have seen some. I don't know if I watched that episode, but I think that, and I think it's great. Um, I'm introduced to a lot of of different people out there in this world, and I think it's great. Uh, I think just like the universe where we have this spectrum, you know, we have this um, spectrum of light. We have spectrum of electromagnetic energy we have just all these spectrums in life well it makes sense that we would have a broad spectrum of humans and personalities and walks of life and we should be accepting accepting them all because they're all, we're all beautiful yeah when snowflakes. do you think gay marriage will be legal like nationally when do you think? i thought it was already is it i don't know yeah, i don't think so but it should be but i know in some places that it's not and for those folks in the places that it's not 
I'm sorry. Move to California. I think you have a you should have a right in America to do whatever you want as long as it's you know doesn't hurt others or you know whatever yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, when's the last time that you listened to Metallica or just the other day went to a concert? <laughs> well, a Metallica concert has been a while, yeah. but I've been to other concerts uh, since then. You know, I've seen Such Kiss, as. and I've. Uh, when's the last time you saw them? Was that Kiss? I think it was just last year, the year before. Yeah, it was one of their last shows when they went through Portland here at the Motor nice. Center. Uh huh. Mm. But uh, just the other day, dude, I was just working on um, on some Metallica. For me, I'm a bass player, so I was working on bass lines uh, specifically. Um, Anesthesia Pulling Teeth, you know, which is Cliff Burton, one of his songs that he played. Uh, Who's your favorite bass player? I would have to say Cliff Burton. Yeah. Um, But I am also a big fan of Getty Lee, you know, from Rush. Yeah. And um, Tool, the, um, oh, shoot. Chancellor Dustin or Justin Chancellor, I think is his name, the bass player from Tool. So I'm a big fan of them. Oh, Corn, love the bass player from Corn, uh, Fieldy. What about Drummer? Who's drummer, oh man. You heard about the guy that died, Neil Pert? Yes, Rush. I did. I'm so sad that he yeah. died of cancer, and, and you know, it's just the fate that we all have to will eventually, you know, happen to us. Um, Dude, I mean, honestly, I think there's a Mike Portnoy from um, Dream Theater. Yeah. And then, of course, Neil Peart or Pert, yeah, um, is the other one. Um, Dude, I had a great drummer in Austin, Texas that I grew up with. His name is Mark. Okay. Uh, He and I were neighborhood friends, and and he he was actually an amazing drummer. As well, so yeah, yeah, but I like all drummers, but yeah, there's some that are good and some that are bad, but yeah, yeah. some stand out more than others. What are some bad ones? <laughs> what are some bad ones? Yeah, oh man, yeah, I've had a couple of bad ones just uh growing up, but they will remain nameless. The timing, yeah, yeah, I don't want to bust them out, yeah, that's because you know, we issue all had our good drummer, bad faces, you like know. A bad drummer issue, I think the issue is they always do the same beat over and over, and their timing can be off a little bit, like, yeah, if you don't do those two things right, I think it's like. Everything else, it's like, fine. Just get your timing right, right? Is that yep. the most important thing? To say? Yeah, the timing. But I think most importantly for me is... Be able to play different beats. <laughs> well, being able to just go with the flow and yeah. being creative and actually just playing your instrument yeah. as opposed to just being a robot and just playing the time. Don't be yeah. so robotic. Be more human. Add, embellish. Yeah. Become the instrument. Some fill, drum fills. Yeah. 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 Do you write original songs? I do. Everything I write is original. I very rarely will do a cover. If I do, it's of a famous, you know, a popular, you know, band, Metallica, Korn, Five Finger Death Punch. I love, you know, Beethoven, Mozart, all those other guys, you know. Yeah. I have a broad spectrum of interest. Um, Everybody likes um, hip hop and rap. And so now I'm trying to learn, you know, taking some you know, uh, inspiration from them and how to, you know, create new music. Yeah. But I only write original music. I don't copy anybody else, but I do take inspiration of course, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when would, how old were you when you wrote your first song? 
16, 17 I was. Nice. When I wrote my first song, yeah. And it wasn't even a song like everyone else thinks about. It was just a bass line. Okay. It didn't have any lyrics to it, but it did have some elements and features that are now present in music now. So back then it was just a, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I wrote some things that were really short and sweet, right? Yeah. And now, and that was in the early nineties, mid nineties, fast forward now. And, and music now is actually kind of copying that same format where it's just short, sweet, and right to the point. So I'm kind of, yeah, happy that that it worked out that way. But that was my first song. I called it Confusion. I still play it on occasion to this day. Nice. Yeah. And I think it's an E, you know. Very cool. Standard E. When's the last time you wrote a song? Like this year? Or last year? Um. Well, we're working on new music right now as we speak. Um. Uh, yeah, actually, no. You know what? Actually, no. I actually wrote two jingles just the other day. Really? Yeah. Do you record them? No, I record them in my mind and I record okay. them on my phone, but I don't actually record them and release them, but I do like copy them like on a um like a rough draft thing. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Nice. Yeah, they were two jingles for two commercials. I don't want to say what they were, but yes, I do. I record all the time, dude. Yes, seriously, I'm yeah. Nice. I'm weird like that. How long have you been playing guitar? I think I was like 16, 15. Nice. Shit. Oh, man, I'm not really good at math. Shit. But, yeah, I, I was a young teenager, and it was around the time when the Metallica Enter Sandman, the Black Album, came out. Mm. And so that kind of drew me in. It was literally that song, Enter Sandman, from the Black yeah, Album. Yeah, you were saying that last I want to say it was early 90s, so I must have been, you know, early to mid-teens. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't really good at it, honestly. Let's just be honest. I started out with guitar. I didn't have any of the cool effects. I didn't have anything of the cool amps. I just had a a Kramer six-string guitar that was 99 bucks from J.C. Penney's and then a little PV Backstage 15 amp, you know, 15 watt solid state. And it was it was horrible. And then yeah. I put it down and then I picked up the bass and then it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about some Portland issues. Oh man. So how how in the world did Portland's become like the center of a right-wing war in the United States. Can you fill me in on this, Fred? <laughs> I'm going to do my best just from my limited knowledge from the news and observing as an outsider from yeah. Texas, you know, living here now for a long time. Yeah. It seems to be, yeah, there is definitely that uh, right versus left and uh, predominantly because it seems to be we have a lot of white people up here. Yeah. Let's just be real. It's predominantly white I don't, I don't have the numbers on me, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's majority white, which is fine. But then I think some of the people have been, you know, liberal in their freedom and um, take it sometimes to the extreme. Yeah. So I think it's okay to have negative views and, and opposing views and things that, you know, normal people don't agree with. And that's your lifestyle. That's fine. But when you start throwing cement milkshakes at each other i know that it really didn't happen but you know something like that or when you take it to violence in the extreme and you have police involvement it's not healthy yes but i think it's okay to have opposing views but not like racist hatred or things like that if that makes sense yeah 
Yeah. So I don't know why it, it is like that. I just think it's just because America started from the East Coast and, and slowly worked its way to the West Coast. Yeah. So I think that some of the views of the world are just slowly working its way here. And so now it's just kind of catching up a little bit late. Yeah. <laughs> That's my guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? You go to Texas and they got hate. You go, you know, I will say there is no hate on the North Pole. There is no hate. There's no hate on the North Pole. And I don't think there's mm. any hate in Antarctica. Where but pretty South? much everywhere else, they got hate. South Pole? Yeah, they don't, there's no, there shouldn't be any hate. I yeah. think there's only like 12 or 15 people on the South Pole. But the North Pole, I flew over there. There was nobody over there. And it was quiet. It was beautiful. And, uh, yeah, there was no hate there. Nice. Have you ever been to Iceland? No, I haven't been to Iceland. No. But I've been pretty close. I mean, I married my first wife on Denmark. Mm, so it's on the North Sea. And so, I mean, it's kind of closer, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. What were you doing in Denmark when you met your wife? Well, we, um, we went to Denmark for our marriage slash honeymoon all kind of wrapped into one. So we went to Denmark to get married, but we were stationed in Germany at the time. Okay. Yeah. That was my first wife. Nice. Are you a Beatles fan? Like a huge Beatles fan? Beatles fan? Yeah. I am. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't uh, as a kid. Yeah. My mom and dad are deaf, so we didn't really listen to music. So it wasn't until years later I heard of them, but I didn't really kind of make the connection. But then I do now have an appreciation and a love as an adult for the Beatles now. Yeah, I do. Hmm. And I play, I play, um, you know, come together Yeah, is, yeah. is a song that if I do cover, I wow. would definitely play that. That's cover. not an easy one actually to cover. It is. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, let's talk about some more Portland news actually. Oh, did you know that there was this off duty Portland fire Lieutenant that got stabbed at this downtown Portland? Bar? I did hear about that, but I don't know anything about that. They're investigating the stabbing at this, you know, there's a at a bar in Southwest Morrison Street, and the police were called to Kingston Sports Bar and Grill at basically 8:05 p.m. And a woman called 911 to report that her husband had been <laughs> randomly stabbed by a stranger. Crazy. That is crazy, but that just sounds like Portland. I mean, that this place is kind of yeah. I had actually there crazy. was a gun shooting right outside my building, uh, four blocks away around. And I was on the news, the Fox, and they interviewed me. Oh, my God. You were yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't get it. I didn't have nothing happening to me. I was I yeah, happened yeah. to be up at the time, and I checked Twitter. <laughs> and then this lady was like, can I come to your place and interview you since you, were, you heard the shots? And I was like, yeah, it sounded like machine gun fire. Even though I don't really know exactly what machine gun fire is. Unless you call Call of Duty, call of Duty basically. You know, go with your gut. If you yeah. thought you heard machine gun fire, that's what you thought you heard, and you just got to say it. Exactly. That's yeah. what I said. One of the hardest things is to try to keep count of how many shots there were fired. Now, that's the trick. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, did then I hear 10 how, or was that 20? <laughs> they're like, how long did it last? And I was like, five to 10 uh, seconds? I don't know. Kind of went like this. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in the military, we had a... Um, uh, I don't know if I can talk about this, but we had we had some equipment that kind of helped us eliminate the mm -hmm. question of which direction did the gunfire come from? <laughs> yeah. And so with a 
with a nice little omnidirectional microphone system, we had a thing inside our vehicle that would tell us which side of the vehicle the fire, you know, direct, indirect fire or direct fire was coming from. Yeah, wow. Well. Yeah. And another story, did you know that they, on a traffic stop in Portland, some somebody had an illegally possessed firearm, and these three guys, these black guys, it looks like, are behind bars. They all, the police pull over a vehicle at Southeast 142nd and Division, and then they learn the passenger was associating with two others involved in gun violence. So the officers spot a gun in the car during the stop, and they seize a semi-automatic handgun. Does that sound like Portland to you? Yep, that totally does. What's yeah. up with the crime? Why do you think it's so bad here? Is it corrupt? What's the deal? Oh, I think um, I think a, it's a big myriad of things. And the police chief's leaving a fucking yeah, Chicago yeah, a, and stuff. No, I just think it's just a combination of you know um, inflation going up, the value of the dollar going down, housing going up. Do the cops really care? I think money. Honestly, I think on? because it is about money because the police commissioner went to Chicago. So she doesn't care to help Portland anymore. She just wants to help her career. I know. And that woman was making easily over 200 grand. <laughs> and so she's I like, can't imagine what she's here. being paid in Chicago. She's like My job is done here. I'm going to now fix Chicago. And but I kind of had a feeling Portland. when I first saw her on the TV, I'm like, oh, she's not going to last very long. She never fixed Portland. She didn't do anything. No. She, anything, yeah, she I know who worse, you're talking about. Bro. What was her name? I forget. Uh, but that's... Yeah. I know her. I mean, I don't know her personally, but I know of her on the TV. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I wonder what her name was. I don't know, but it was like Danger or Steel or something oh, like Daniel that. Daniel Outlaw. Daniel Outlaw. That's what it was. Philadelphia Perfect. Police Commissioner. She accepted the job, and she was only here for two years and two months, leading the thousand-member force during a time of mass political protests and community mistrust. And I don't think but you know what? At the same time, I kind of don't blame her because I think the way the government here in Portland is a little bit old. Yeah. I think we have this weird like commission form of government. Okay. And everyone else in the nation has abandoned that. And so we're like the last major city in the United States to have this form of government. And maybe it works for Portland or maybe it did for Portland years ago. But I think Portland today may need to kind of catch up with the times and maybe the last remaining commission form of government. Thank you. All the large cities in the United States. Have abandoned this form of government. So I think if we just stopped doing the way that we would normally do business here, I think it would be a little bit better. Why do you think they're holding on to that? It's corrupt? <laughs> I do know why. I think because everyone loves their neighborhood. Everyone wants to be special and everyone wants to have a voice and everyone wants to be heard and their project is more important than this other person's project and... I don't know. I mean, it's a whole bunch of things. But honestly, it comes down to one thing. Yeah. Humans. You have humans involved. And a lot of these humans have nothing better to do with their lives than to bother other people's lives yeah. and make problems for other people. Yeah. Basically. But I think it starts with the form of government that we have. So I, I don't blame her for abandoning ship. Yeah. I mean, um, I love Portland, but eventually I'm going to eventually not... Be able to afford to live here. Yeah, I agree. There's My like this little weird up. curve, and if I make this amount of money and it doesn't change, but the cost of living goes up, eventually, oh my gosh, five years from now, I I will have to probably yeah. think about moving or maybe making more money. 
My rent's gone up. Uh, yeah, like hundred bucks and hundred ten bucks instead. And my car parking garage also yep. has gone up. Yep. It was one ninety when I first started. Now it's two twenty five. It's like yeah, yeah. My rent went up, and then I went two twenty five for my garage. But to offset that, I got rid yeah. of my parking spot. So now I'm I'm just stuck with parking on the street. <laughs> so I used to do that in Los Angeles. Yeah. But yeah, I got you. Yeah, so my rent went up too as well. Yeah, it just sucks, man. Yeah, so I think of... Um, you ever heard of Portland City Club? That sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm going to have to say no. They're apparently like an influential club, and they're recommending an overhaul of the city's commission form of government, prompting debate among the council members of Portland City. So Yeah, I'm fine with that. I don't, uh, not, you're not the only one that wants this, so... Maybe they should do it, and it doesn't make sense when you tell me that. Like that's the last one. It's like I was actually not a good idea. I was surprised. I was actually surprised. But then now, after having being lived here for a while, it actually makes sense why this place is so messed up. Twelve years ago, they tried to change it, but it was rejected. And no, it's like why? I'm thinking corruption. That's what I'm. It's it is follow the money. In my line of work, we would follow the money. Yeah. What's going on here? There's special interests that people want to protect. It's all about money, and I'm These fine with that. You know, that's that's free wanna... commerce, I guess. Capitalism, whatever at its finest. Yeah. Yeah, it's legal, but it it has its drawbacks, and so we have a lot of homeless people living on the highways, Isn't and they're only living on the highways because you know they don't really have any place else to go, and really the highway department's not going to bother them. Yeah. <laughs> so they found a loophole but i guess if i were in that position i guess i would do whatever it took i guess but i don't know man i'd just rather not be there i don't think america should allow people to get like that yeah I agree. yeah but you gotta hear this story fred oh all right so this dude hijacks a portland airport monitor to play video games <laughs> so the, uh, the pdx officials declared game over <laughs> So get this, he decides he needed a bigger <laughs> screen for his video game spread. Yeah, so, uh, I feel his pain. Thursday, and he found <laughs> he dude. Found one. God bless this kid because I've been stuck at airports in foreign countries for more than twenty-four <laughs> to forty-eight hours. Right, and and one time I was in Afghanistan for ten days waiting for a. a of an airplane back to <laughs> my base. So uh, believe me, I know this kid's pain. It was wrong of him to do that because, you know, that was PlayStation 4. And <laughs> it normally would show a map of the airport, but he I heard it. he was really nice and said, can I please finish my game? And they're yeah, like, no, we save the game. <laughs> yes. Right. No. Yeah. So that's crazy. But I, I, I know that kid's pain, though, because yeah. you know what? Your little gaming system or your phone, your batteries die. And it's like, man. And it's really sucking on the gameplay. Just nothing beats a really good console yeah. with like a real joystick and buttons. I'm a hardcore gamer, so yeah, I know that you said you got into the Call of Duty phone game, but dude, I'm I'm all about the Call of Duty mobile. It is yeah. on the phone. Yeah, I got a tablet and I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. I have Call of Duty on my PlayStation Four, and I also haven't played it. <laughs> I'm so into obsessed with this game called NHL 20 that I won't even play any other games. What's it called? NHL 20. It's just I've never heard of that. Every year, this company called EA Sports. I've heard of EA Sports. Yeah, they make yeah. a game. You know, they've been doing it since NHL '93, NHL '94. So, oh, I usually you. get it every year. So, I got this year's version is amazing, and I just like can't stop playing it. Basically, so you're a <laughs> hockey fan. Yeah, 
I'm a New York Islanders fan, actually. Okay. So I'm from New York. So. Can you play hockey in real life? Nah. <laughs> See, the thing is, I can skate, but I don't hockey. <laughs> you gotta live around a northern area, and I lived in New York, which wasn't northern enough. No. Like, yeah. No. So if you live in Maine or if you live in Canada, like that's it. You're, Canada. You, Canada, it's like there's a good chance you're gonna play in like a real league. Like when you, For real. That's all they have to do around there. Is what I heard when my friend explained it to me. Have you been to Canada? You said you had, right? I did. Yeah, I went to. Um, I mean, I've been to um, what do you call that? Vancouver, BC. But my my favorite time in Vancouver would have been um, the Algonquin Quetico Provincial Park. Okay. Um, I went to when I I think I was a Boy Scout. Okay. And we had the um, high adventure base at oh, in Canada, it. and so we did jamboree. Is it wasn't the, a jamboree; it was okay. a it was just specifically to do like the canoeing merit badge or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. did like seventy miles, you know, on a canoe on a canoe, you know. And did you get Eagle Scout? Spent like ten days. I'm I made one rank below Eagle Scout. It's called a Life Scout. Nice. So I almost made the rank of Eagle Scout. Oh, I remember Life Scout, yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, I became a Life Scout because for some reason at that time, it just wasn't really cool to be a Boy Scout. Yeah, that And happened. I had other things Once going on at the time. you grow up to that age, you're like, oh, wait, now I'm too old. 16 years old, it's yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. You're like, I should have got Eagle Scout when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> But then it's too have, late. Yeah. It's too late. You, c- you can't even do it. Once that you early. turn 18, you're screwed. Yeah, so yeah. I dropped out early on, and I should have stayed in. But no, I made it one, almost made Eagle Scout, one rank below. Yeah. They call it Life Scout, yeah. Were you also in it when, with Cub Scouts, Tiger Scouts, Weeblos? Like, yep. Me too. I was a Cub Scout, and I made Weeblow. Was your dad involved at all? My dad was my involved. My dad was involved, too. <laughs> was yours? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He my loved dad was, camping. He did. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. My dad was the um, like the assistant den leader at the time. and um, Yeah, mine too. He yeah. didn't always make the campouts, but my on Monday nights, he was definitely there for scout activities to yeah. help us work on our merit badges and things. Yeah. Did you do uh, the soapbox derby? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Pinewood Derby. Pinewood Derby. Yep. That was the best. Yep. Yep. And was it magnetized? Is that how it worked? No. No, it's just yeah. gravity. Yeah, you're right. But you got to build it right. It was so cool. And there's cool. little tricks to it. There's like some rocket science involved with this. And yeah, aerodynamics. But, I, but mine were never really that good. So I was never, I never had like a winning race car. Did your dad help you build yours as well? <laughs> yeah, he gave me some instructions and a couple of like, you know, uh, modifications that he suggested. Yeah. But we never like my dad took on the whole world. <laughs> my, dad basically, my dad basically built mine, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> no, my dad was pretty adamant. No, you are going to build it yourself. But yeah, yeah, they were not. I mean, they were okay. I was proud of it. Yeah. But no, it wasn't like rocket powered or nothing. Yeah. I should have probably made a nuclear solar powered one, but I just wasn't that smart. Still probably not that smart, actually. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sure everybody's thinking, yeah, Fred. <laughs> Going back to the military. Uh, now, why did you choose the branch that you chose to join? Hmm. All right. It was process of elimination. So my grandfather was Air Force, and I really wanted to do the Air Force. Yeah. Unfortunately, I dropped out of high school. Yeah. Okay. And I had my GED. So I went to the Air Force and said, hey, I'd like to join the Air Force. But this was during the Clinton administration. So this was like 95, 96. Mm-hmm. And um, so they said, no, we're not taking anybody with a GED. you got to have college. And I said... Oh, well, shit. Well, who's 
which branch of the military takes GEDs? And the guy goes, oh, well, the Army takes GEDs. So I said, yeah. okay. And I literally walked out of his office and went next door to the Army office and said, hi, I'd like to sign up for the Army. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of by default. I had no choice. They were the only ones that were taking anybody. I mean, I could have joined the Marines, but the Army was the better option. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you end up going for a GED instead of a normal diploma? You know, I think probably because at the time, and at the time, um, school was just really slow for me. I was one of those smart kids in class yeah. that did, always got A's and B's. Yeah. But um, it was just taking too long. And I didn't like politics, and I didn't really do well as far as like, you know, hobnobbing and bullshitting with people. And, you know, even though I was good in athletics and I was good in academics. I yeah. was never really a jock nor a nerd. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I just said, fuck this. I wanted to work, I wanted to work and make money, baby. That's yeah, what America's man. all about, capitalism. I wanted to work and make money. So in, six, in Texas, you can be 16 and be on your own. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a man. So yeah. I, I, um, I wanted to grow up and make, be a man and make money and do adult things as Speaking a kid. of making money. What's that? Speaking of making money, yeah. Before you go, you said you had some T-shirts that you've been uh, selling, right? And you've been I working got, on. I got, I got a lot of products, but mainly yeah. my big sellers have been my T-shirts. And then now with the new laws in Oregon, um, my tote bags are really selling, nice, really well. I don't know if you can see that. Where can somebody get that? Yeah. On my Redbubble site, um, it's. Redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Fred Sagetti. Yeah, send me the text me messenger I link. Oh, yeah. And then but I'll yeah, put I it in the description. There's the tote bags. Uh, I got this uh, other shirt that's a big seller here. And of course, I got all my, my veterans uh, inspired t shirts. Yeah, this is an army way. one. This is one example. But I have nice. others, I have all branches. So okay. I'm not just favorite. You design the these? I design all of them myself, How yes. How did you design it? Like on the computer? Yeah, I'd usually start off I with an it. idea in my head or a friend of mine will suggest someone, some some designer idea, and then I, yeah. I'll i draw it out, and then I'll put it on Photoshop, and then I um, I upload it to the, some websites, and then they... um. And you put a, a seasoning shirt as well. It's the best oh, of Oh, yeah, worlds. yeah, of course. you got. It's like a double uh, win. I got my seasoning company, and... Um, Believe it or not, this is kind of a retro. That shirt's awesome. I would want that shirt. Inspired shirt. And I'd wear that love shirt, buying it. man. I'd wear that every day. It goes great with my seasoning and my. Spices. How's the sales going on the seasoning? Sales are good. They're picking up now, and now I have uh, one new flavor that I've released this month. Really? And then I have. You didn't new, tell me you had a new flavor. I have new flavors. Yeah, with more coming this soon. But they. they oh, I would have took that sample. <laughs> released it. Yeah. What's that? I would have took the new flavor sample. Oh, I don't have any flavor samples. Literally, okay. it's in the making as we speak, but it will be released. Have to have you come back month. on when that comes back out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, and yeah, then, I think um, you started doing. That, you were on the podcast. You started killing it <laughs> ever since you were on the podcast. Yeah, that definitely helped, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but same with you too. I mean, I've watched your podcast since we first started this, and I'm like, yeah. dude, yeah, you've gotten better, and thanks, man. The whole program's been amazing, and uh, <laughs> it's. Yeah, thanks for having me here, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. What's so yeah, that's where my uh, my little projects what is here. This over here. Oh, I do have my um, I do sell canvas art pieces too of my work. These nice. are digital reproductions, but if anyone makes wants a real art piece, I can make an oil painting if they want. But you yeah. were trained as an artist. Or? 
not officially. I like a musician. I'm self-taught. Yeah. I'm what Bob they call Ross. it autodidacta. Yeah. I I'm self-taught. So everything I know, I'm for How the most did part. How you uh, teach yourself though? Like YouTube videos or no? Just taught like just in my head. Yeah, or yeah. I see other people like Bob Ross. Bob Ross is what I'm or say. um, I don't know whoever whatever painter. Um, what was there was a woman who paints. But she does like palette knifing. I think it was named like Susanna something. I can't remember her name. But there's a lot of great. Oh, Thomas Kincaid is another great, uh, you know, inspiration of mine. Yeah. Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, you know, all those guys. You know, everybody in the Ninja Turtle team. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Oh, man. My favorite Ninja Turtle. Man, it's a toss up between. Uh, Leonardo and Donatello because correct answers yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you were recently hammering out some new jams in your studio yeah dude I've been working with my guitar player Jim for many years and um, yeah we've been working on some new music we have some old songs that we've been perfecting and then we have some new jams yeah some new um, music yeah so instead of using like standard tuning yeah e a d g whatever we're changing the tuning maybe like using b or yeah. c or d like drop d yeah yeah so we're trying new things keeping them short keeping them simple and not as these mainstream do, what's that not as mainstream more like uh arts kind of like in indie yeah indie rock yes yeah, yeah. yeah it totally rock yeah but you know stuff that you can listen to while you're you know Driving on a long road trip yeah. or doing chores at the house. Yeah. Yeah. Or doing your homework for school, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any recordings, man? Like We do. Absolutely. We do. Yeah. Well, they're on the website. You can find some of our stuff on Reverb Nation. Okay. Uh, ReverbNation.com forward slash Fred yeah. Sagetti. I should have had you send me the track. I could have uh, put in the outro, but I can put in the audio podcast if you want. You got it. I like that. Yeah, we'll do that. Sounds yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Angels Fall From Grace is the one we have out there. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, that's, I think those are all the projects that I have going on right now. Nice. Like I said, the big thing is, um, my new motorcycle. I'm just waiting for that thing to come in. Yeah, it's a 2020 Ninja 650 ABS, right? Yes, sir. You yeah. got it. <laughs> got to have ABS, Well, they said man. it would be here by Christmas or New Year's. So if I was you, I'd kind of be really disappointed. I mean, you should at least get some compensation or something. You know what? Actually, I will say this. Granted, they were not quite, um, they didn't hit the mark on when they promised it was going to be delivered. But they did give me a, a military discount. Yeah. Okay. And so they were really cool about that. And then because of the issue that happened, what's that because of the issue or just because, Oh, actually because of the issue. Um, yeah, I got a discount on the tax break too. Normally I, as an Oregon resident being in Washington, you'd have to pay these taxes and all that. So they're kind of, kind of waived that. So I don't have to. That's cool. So yeah, they did help me out on that. I also see that you're on the next door app. You're putting Segetti's top seasoning on that. What are some other ways that you market the spices? Well, for me, it's just word of mouth mostly, or mm-hmm. I will reach out to a, a business owner and, and ask them if they would, idea. would like my seasoning in their store. Do you actually like, walk into the store with the seasoning and Pretty offer much I like, do, yeah. to try it out and stuff? Yep. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's really proactive. But I always start out as a customer first. 
Yeah, so I'm that's not really a really great idea. Any yeah. expectation. If they want me, they do. If they don't, they don't. But, you know, I would say a third of the customers say yes. It's a good approach, man. Yeah. But yeah. most people just want good flavor in their food, and that's what I provide. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm still working on my cookbook. Unfortunately, I had my, my laptop stolen. Oh, um, and I so I lost a lot of it, so I had to start all over again. But thankfully, I had some my hand notes that were still yeah. left over. And so I'll, I'll, um, I'm still working on my cookbook. So hopefully to have that, hopefully by the end of this year, maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. And what kind of mediums do you work on with art? Like you had a charcoal, a carbon graphic design that you did recently? I mean, I do like using pen and paper. Yeah. That's usually how I start with, yeah, charcoal or graphite. Okay. Yeah. Um, or carbon fiber, whatever. But yeah, either way, just carbon. And what then, inspires the, you to do art? Like, You know, a lot of things inspire women? me. The world inspires me. Yeah. And other people inspire me. People like you and people down here, yeah. you know, downtown, other artists. Have you been an art walk? I have, yeah. yeah. And I downtown used to, right here? I used to be part of Art Walk, a big part of it in the early 2000s. Really? Yep. Um, but so unfortunately, cool. I was just spending more money than I was making. Yeah. So I, um, I kind of, you know. What inspired the Trump centipede painting? Is that what that is? Uh, Trump oh, my God. The Trump Nunes Putin sticker? human centipede. Yeah. That was from a, it was a TV show. I can't remember what it was. It was like Trevor Noah or the daily show i can't remember what it was but they yeah they actually gave me the idea for it and i thought you know what that's going to be a great that would be a great t-shirt yeah that's an, another one of my new big sellers that is pretty popular yeah but i try to stay out of politics because i don't i don't like politics i think it's bullshit yeah. <laughs> i think what humans are doing to this world uh is pretty crazy and we need to stop this but we have this system, and apparently everyone's okay having it around, but whatever. Yeah. So I just, you know, try to make light of a situation, and yeah, that was one of the ones that kind of inspired me. Nice. Because they are. They're all they're all cahoots. They all kind of feed off each other. Yeah. If that makes sense. So I thought a human centipede would was a great way to showcase that kind of relationship. Did you see that movie? <laughs> I have not. Me neither. I'm too scared. So I only learned it from the internet and YouTube. So I get the reference. Yeah. But yeah. I have not seen the movie. I don't like movies like that. But uh, I get the concept, and I I get. It. I have a big imagination. I get it. <laughs> I don't have to see the movie. What movie scared you more than any other movie? Dude, the biggest movie that scared me was Jaws. Really? Yeah. And I was a kid when I saw that. So obviously, nice. I was way too young to have seen it. And, dude, I just haven't been right since. Like, I don't even <laughs> like to go in the tub wow. without making sure if I can see the bottom. There's too many bubbles. I got to part the bubbles in my rubber ducky and be like, is it safe? Yeah, for me, it was The Ring. <laughs> Which one? The Ring. I only ring, watched 20 minutes ring. of it, but I saw the scene when they opened the closet and the girl's, like, standing there. It's, like, scariest thing ever. And I just deleted I remember the, the preview for that, and that's another movie I just did not see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another movie would be, like, Godzilla or... Freddy Krueger. Yeah. It was when I was young. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm an old, so I've seen dead bodies. That doesn't really bother me now. And in fact, I look at the TV, and I'm like, oh, that's fake. That's not real. New movies don't really impress me or scare me anymore. <laughs> but Jaws, dude, trust me, when I'm on a boat in the ocean, yeah. that's the always thing in the back of my mind if I'm going swimming. When is that fucking shark going to eat my ass? 
seriously. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to cuss. Sorry, folks. I don't want to get my butt eaten by a shark. <laughs> got to do it again so uh, but I want to bring my guitars next time so hopefully everybody will comment in the section and encourage my guitar player to join us because he's really funny and like, I think you've got